Well, if you're going to lose 11 to 2, you could do it in two and a half hours. So score one for the pitch clock. This is Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lockdown Guardians. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com. I also want to take a moment and say thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen to every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And uh, say we have your team covered every single day. That would be the Guardians. Come rain or shine, come Blowout. pitching woes. And, and I, you know, we've got things to talk about, but I do want to say um, there is a lot of injuries right now in baseball. Uh, for as much as people tend to freak out about the Guardians, uh, I mean, find me a team right now that's healthy. That's that's that doesn't have at least like th- two to three contributors beat up. And outside of the race, race. Um, they've won. And even then, they don't have Glasnow right now, right? They're still yeah. without him. You know, it's not like it's perfect for them. So, yeah, it's, I don't know. Guys get bigger and stronger, and they're trying to do things that maybe human bodies just weren't meant to do, and we'll see how it goes. Could be. Could be. Well, everybody got excited for a couple of hours. You know, when the lineup came out, everyone was like, oh, look at that. There's a new lineup. Andre Semedes is hitting second. Our cries have been heard. We have been appeased. We are soothed. We are healed. It didn't last long. I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to uh, dunk anybody in cold water here, but the lineup's going back to what it was tomorrow. Let's be honest. We, we know this. The reason Andre Semenes was hitting second was because Ahmed Rosario was out. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. In the past, Terry Francona has tried to keep some continuity. Like In the past, we've seen guys like Mike Freeman play second base and hit whoever were, was in the second base slot or other weird stuff. Right? We've seen him stick with continuity before uh, Gabriel Arias. He could have easily hit Gabriel Arias second and just said, we're just trying to stick with continuity, but he moved to Menas up and it looked good in the first inning, right? Stephen Kwan worked a walk or no, he had a base hit. Andres Menas had a hit. Uh, Jose Ramirez had a hit. Won me some money. We'll talk about that later. And everything looked good. You were hitting Garrett Cole. This new look lineup. Like, wow, this is great. Andres Menas in the two hole. We've got three hits to start a game. We're facing the Yankees' ace. We don't ever do this. <laughs> and then it all fell apart. So we got to be happy today for, I don't know, what time the lineup come out? 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock? Uh, so from like from like 2 o'clock to like 7 o'clock, we got to be pretty happy. And then about 7.30, it was just all rain and, and gray skies. And hopefully, maybe... Terry Franklin will remember how good the first inning was on Tuesday night, and he will stick with the same lineup. I don't know. My my first inclination is that the lineup will go back to what it was. Med will come in on Wednesday, and he will he will hit second, and this will all be just a fever dream. And if you stop thinking about it after the thir- after the second inning, it was a good fever dream, but uh, it was nice for a couple hours, you know. It was. It, listen, <laughs> I I love the change at the top. It's not going to stay. I think if one could make a case. Or maybe the 
most annoying factor in the early going is is how low Andres is hitting because he's actually continuing to do what he did last year. There's, it's not right. been the regression that I think some so people much thought. Regression. But uh, I mean, eventually it'll come. Don't get me wrong. But like to have him hitting seventh on some nights to me is unconscious. Uncon. I can't say the word. Unconsciousable. No. Conscible. Thank you. Um, it's just you know it, it's ridiculous and. The other thing I'll say is this to some level when I saw like, oh, we're putting Gabby and Oscar in there against Garrett Cole. Are they just kind of saying, hey, well, we'll see you tomorrow. This is, uh, you know, I know things it, it did, did it, you know, I, I, they don't really punt a game uh, to, to mix my sports metaphors. But I can't be the only one who like looked at things and go, oh, it kind of feels like this is a bit of a punt, right? I don't know if it was a punt. I mean, Ahmed Rosario hasn't had a day off yet. No. And he's not been um, good. He's, you know, he's, he's a slow Yeah, star. just a quick break for but him. But Oscar Gonzalez against Garrett Cole, I mean, it was. Yeah, I had some doubts outcome. about that one. His at-bats were not. He did work a walk. I don't think the walk was off of uh, Garrett Cole, but he worked a walk. So that's like, you know, your your baby steps. I don't know. Will Brennan, uh, Will Brennan did not strike out against Garrett Cole. I'll take that as a win. Uh, you know, Garrett Cole did own him. We talked about that. He did own him last postseason. Uh, Will Brennan had a double late in the game. I think that was off of uh, Brayu, but uh, you know, at least uh, at least his at bats were better. Hey, in the first inning, even think about this: like before the wheels fell off for Hunter Gaddis, um, Aaron Judge got to. It was a, it was a disastrous start, honestly. Like the first inning couldn't have gone worse, right? It was walked to DJ LeMahieu. Aaron Judge got on because of a rare error by Jose Ramirez. And then Anthony Rizzo lines out. And Aaron Judge, I don't know what Aaron Judge was doing out there, but he decided to take off for second base. Will Brennan had a great relay throw into to Andres Menes, who was heads up. He throws out Aaron Judge at first base, who apparently was napping, or he thought the Guardians would throw at third base. Doesn't realize that this is a fundamentally strong team. They do not make stupid mistakes. They just don't hit and have bumpy pitching right now. Then he struck out Claver Torres, and we're like, oh man, that was a great first thing. Like, he got through a disaster. The Guardians come out swinging the bats, looking great in the first inning. And then by the third inning, things just uh, were very hairy. And, and I thought Hunter Gaddis was a pitch away in the third inning from getting out. Like, Willie Calhoun has that foul ball off of his thigh or whatever it was. And he ends up getting a hit in the center field, and then Franchi Cordero of all people. That's that's the frustrating thing, isn't it? Let's leave Hunter Gaddis aside. Who who in the Yankees lineup beat the Guardians last season? Remember, it was I know Giancarlo Stanton had the home run off of Aaron Savali in the, uh, the Harrison peak. Bader in the postseason. It right, it's Harrison Bader. They had a they had a great plan for Aaron Judge. It's the guys at the bottom of the Yankee order. It's it's Didi Gregorius. It's Harris Bader. It's Aaron Hicks. It's Calhoun. It's just like that guy is such a free swinger. They kept. I don't know. I, I almost kind of wanted them to be a little more out of the zone. Like there's a reason why these guys bounce through four organizations. It's then O two, and then I I question kind of the sequencing on that one. Um, yeah, like, and then you got Franchi Cordero. Like, come on, Franchi Cordero beats you. Yeah. I can I can live with it if you let. And this is just I mean, one game. And that was like a change up high in the zone. It's like, why is with Franchi Cordero? I mean, to one degree, it's Willie Calhoun. But with Cordero, it's like nothing should be in the zone. That that dude, yeah, right. takes a swing at everything. Yeah, it's just frustrating. They had, they had a good. Right, I mean, Gaddis wasn't good it. either. You know, he had his moments, but like, let's just call a spade a spade. We've been his some of his biggest defenders. 
but we are seeing there they're going why you know he's probably like a you know a sixth seventh inning relief guy like he's a good guy potentially a long guy for that role um but you know this is it's a little bit of overexposure you know it, it, the chances of him being another starter it's like that change up as a plus pitch the fastball as average you know he's just kind of it's three average and a plus right you know yeah it's the two it's the two pitches here and you like to think the change up is a is the the separating factor but you have to get in the change up counts and hey the the change up did good he had a good plan for Aaron Judge Aaron Judge had two singles today I think yeah. and uh, yeah but that change up moved so much against Fran- uh Franchi it just well, didn't move that was a yeah. hanging change and that's what I'm saying like you you're letting those guys beat you you're letting Willie Calhoun and Harrison Bader and Franchi Cordero beat you like I'm fine if it's Aaron Judge and and Giancarlo Stanton and Gliber Torres, like those guys beat you. It is what it is, right? But I mean, the you, of the order guys beating that's hard to do, and and you, that's why it's hard to count on guys like Hunter Gaddis. I mean, it wasn't just Gaddis; like Savali and Quantrill struggled against those guys in the postseason last year. So it is what it is. Guardians, though, one for eight with runners in scoring position again today. It's been a problem. They didn't do good on Monday night with runners in scoring position against the Yankees, but they did enough to win because they had good pitching. But um, not they had opportunities tonight, but of course a lot. I think a lot of times on base too. I I wish they would have gotten that extra run in. They had a one out and a runner on third in the in the first inning against Cole. Would have been nice to get that run in. Did it matter in the long term? Probably not. But uh, you just want to see them cash in on more opportunities, I guess. Yeah, I mean Naylor and Bell are kind of a killer right now uh, between the two of them. It's kind of been rough yeah. for them both. Um, We'll talk about more power issues yeah. and how long this is going to go with Gaddis um, in just a second. But uh, first, let's talk about one of the fantastic sponsors that helps keep this show going. And today, that first sponsor are the title sponsor as well. Our good friends over at FanDuel. Oh, you pulled it up. I don't have to. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. We also had uh, the Marlins first cycle today. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because new customers step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Uh, you know, you've been, uh, I'll, I'll let you talk about what you've been doing in a second, but uh, don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. I did finally cash in on a micro bet tonight. I, did, I got Jose Ramirez in for an extra base hit in the first inning just in time. $5 down. Uh, took home 45 bucks for that. So thanks, Jose. I got a little greedy, and I did it with Josh Bell the next at bat, thinking he would also get a double or an extra base hit because uh, Josh Bell likes to rock the baby against Garrett Cole. He is Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor. Oh, Josh Naylor. I wish Josh Bell was somebody's daddy. He's someone's daddy. He's just not Garrett Cole's daddy. Um, Josh Naylor, though, is, is Garrett Cole's daddy. But uh, guess what? That didn't happen this time. So uh, I got a little greedy and I, I won the money with Jose Ramirez and I didn't get with, with, uh, with Josh Naylor, but the extra base hit from Jose was nice for a minute. Like I said, the whole, this whole game, it was good at the beginning and then it got progressively worse. You want to talk about the power, the power issues, or do you want to talk about how long this is going to go with Hunter Gaddis? We don't have to go too long on this, but I don't want to overreact to one star because you and I both, like you said before, we think Gaddis is a bullpen guy long-term. He's uh, one of the first guys out of your pen when you're trailing to keep things close. He can give you an inning or two. 
Tristan McKenzie's not coming back until May 29th at best. Like we don't even, not even a guarantee he's going to be back then, but we think he's going to be back around that time frame. Things sound good right now. So let's just say, you know, Tristan McKenzie is back for the weekend series at Minnesota June 1st. That's still, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks away. Like we're still talking seven or eight weeks here. What one, two, three, four, five, six, that's still seven weeks away. And then he's going to, I mean, yes, he'll have the minor league outings, but nothing's like the majors. Like he's not going to come. Right. But he's still, well, I think he'll be able to ramp up and I, I think. Yeah. But it's, it's still a chance like, he'll be off the IL around his, 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 uh, yeah. But it's, it's, so, it's always a diff- different beast when you get up, you know, like, yeah, who knows? I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking, talking about what he's going to do in the majors. I'm just saying getting him back yeah. and not having to start Hunter Gaddis. But here's the thing you're waiting another six or seven weeks on, on Tristan McKenzie. And we don't even know how long you have to wait on Aaron Savali. Like, there's no, hey, we think that, you know, this oblique injury is going to last this long. We don't really know right now. Like, there's no there's no reason to touch on it because they don't probably have uh, a great idea of how long this is going to last. And obliques are tricky. So the question becomes, like, I guess we'll see how Baton Batmanfield does, you know, today on Wednesday. But how, how long can you stick with this? You know what I mean? Like, how long can you really roll with Bieber – Please sack Quantrill and then hoping that you're, you're, that Gaddis and, and the problem is right now, I guess they can use an off day to reset it if they want to, but right now you have Gaddis and Battenfield going back to back. I don't know. I don't know. How long can you survive with this? Like, you know, we're talking for the last week of May for McKenzie at best. We don't know when Savali's coming back. Like, how long can you realistically stick with this? I mean, that that essentially comes down to it. I mean, it, it Mackenzie, you're looking as you said, end of May, and then you know how sharp again. Then you're kind of expecting like it'll be a few starts before he's like a hundred percent Tristan McKenzie. At least that's kind of how I view it. Uh, you know, I assume we're going to give Battenfield a few starts here or there. I, you know, we have Gaddis. How many starts did you know McCarthy slash Tully have this time a year ago? I don't think they're going to rush anything. Like I don't think. You know, I saw the Jason Lloyd piece. Um, Tanner Bybee's had one start in AAA. Uh, even when Jason Lloyd was pulling up his stats to justify things, it's like, I think outside of Henches and JC Mejia, who, you know, didn't have a season thanks to COVID, you know, they, it, they like everyone else has had, I think a minimum of six starts in AAA before they're called up. I, it is what it is. I mean, I think this is, this is what it's going to be um, for the next bit outside of, again, there's what one off day a week. So maybe that allows them to occasionally skip one of these guys. But I think uh, I think how long they're going to stick with that stick with this is until guys are healthy or until guys until it gets to June. This is the plan for April and May. Well, it sounds like we're getting a move anyway. This hasn't been confirmed yet, but it sounds like uh, we might get Pilkington on Wednesday and Gaddis might go down. So I don't know if they're making, I don't know if that's a permanent switch or just because they want to make sure they have length to cover them tomorrow. I don't know because they're off Thursday. So the bullpen didn't really get taxed. I mean, Heron went for one inning and two thirds and um, Curry did a good job out of the bullpen going four innings. I know he gave three runs, but at least he went four innings, 67 pitches. That's at least efficient. I'm sure the Yankees were kind of swinging to the scoreboard, but uh get out of there but you know he saved the bullpen a little bit so even if even with Pilkington coming up like that's still there's an off day tomorrow the bullpen's still pretty rested so we'll see if this actually happens and if this is a uh, 
a permanent move. I don't know if I feel any better about, I guess Pilkington gave you some solid outings last year, but I'm not saying they need to make any, any sudden moves tomorrow. Like I, I, I said before with Al, especially with Alan last year, surely in triple a, he pitched well uh, Tuesday night, walked three and five innings, but he did strike out six and only gave the run to a half good uh, Worcester Sox team. But I'm not saying you got to make the move next week, but like, if this pattern continues into like, I don't know, mid-May and you're facing the White Sox, the Mets, back-to-back series and the Cardinals, I don't know, man. I, I think, get it to me, to me, Bybee and Allen, those guys are going to be as ready as they're going to be in terms of stuff and what they can do against big league hitters. I think the important thing for those guys is just for them to get mentally set in AAA, get their feet wet, get their, their season, get their legs under them for the season, establish the routines, get on, get on their routines and, and feel good about themselves this year, where things are going um, and, and bring them up then. Like, I don't know. I, I said no, no sooner than June, but I guess we'll see how the pattern goes from here, but it's really hard to think that I guess, well, Gaddis might go down, but it's just hard to think that you can keep this going the way it's going into, into May and, um, not to make a move, especially if Bybee and, and Allen pitch as well as they did. I know it's hard to make that move early. All right, they Jeff, just never quick. do. I guess that's the thing. Yeah. They just never do. I so I, I've, I, I'm kind of curious to pull up last year's stats and just see how many starts, you know, the, the also rans got. And, and I think that's, you know, one of those things when you look at that data, I mean, you got, uh, 11, you, you, yeah, but you got 11 from Connor Pilkington a year ago. And, um, you know, and they were solid ish. I mean, yeah, five from Cody Mortis. Yeah. Pilkington was also up on the, on the, on the roster to start the year because of the 28 man roster. And I wouldn't be shocked if, if like, if what this turns into is Pilkington takes this Gaddis spot and Gaddis goes back to that relief role that they kind of wanted him to begin with. And he was forced into due to the injury. I wouldn't be surprised if this is kind of a reset for Gaddis. Well, he might need if he goes to AAA, he might need to start because Pilkington was in the rotation down there. So if he goes to AAA, yeah. he might start as a starter. But there's nothing that says Gavin Williams or someone else can't get pushed up. They have so much pitching; it's not like it's going to be hard to quickly readjust and get him into that role. Do you have three stars tonight? I mean, Andre Semenis two for four. He had three balls, uh, hard hit balls tonight. So all three balls he put in play were. Yeah, I mean, you got two guys with multi hit games with with Andres and Jose. Um, in this one, I think those stand out, you know, and especially because Jose did, as you said, had the double. Um, I don't know, part of me almost kind of likes Tim Heron. I know he did give up a hit, but he he entered in an untenable situation and performed well again. And, um, yeah. you know, it, I, the other interesting thing in all of this is like, you know, I looked at some of our comments from yesterday and the people who weren't mad at me for saying that Stephen Kwan is is playing well, but not super well. Um, you know, some a lot of other people the comment is then about uh, Curry and it's like, well, Curry really hasn't been that great either. So it's, um, you know, I, I think if you're gonna do three stars, it's probably Heron Ramirez and Jimenez, you know, comment below if you disagree with those three. Hard to disagree, but it's, uh, I, I'll give a shot to Will Brennan. He had another double tonight and had some good at bats. So I'll give a shot to my guy, Willie baseball. Uh, Jeff, I've got a, uh, concerning stat for you after you talk about your favorite game. Uh, I'm going to talk about Marvel's Midnight Suns. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's that's your really other favorite game. 
my favorite game of late. Though I actually spent a, a good hour today playing my my other favorite game. Because what's nice about Ultimate Pro Baseball GM is I can sit there and play it on my phone. Uh, we are doing state testing, and I have like eight periods of state testing in a row. And then I get to have lunch and my break. And by that time, I am pretty toast. State testing necessarily may not be the hardest thing for a teacher to do, but uh, you just have to be kind of on your game and you can't do anything. And there's there's ups and downs to it. And I just won another World Series in my third run through with Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. Uh, and we've made three straight uh, ALCSs uh, during that time. So it's, it's three years in a row. Uh, it feels like an alternate universe where I'm facing the Orioles or the Angels every year in the ALCS. But uh, another World Series, a team again on the rise. I'm going to win this competition going away for first place i gotta steal like justin's phone so i can get him 250 bucks Ship for second place is 250 so you might as well get that money um but right now locked on guardians listeners get 100 free boost their franchise and using the promo code locked on the game store so make sure you check it out to download the game visit probaseballgm.com scan the code or look it up in app stores that's probaseballgm.com ultimate baseball gm start your dynasty today okay jeff when did the guardians last hit a home run can you guess off the top of your head um have they hit any since they faced seattle they have hit one since seattle yes they've hit okay yeah so there was one in the oakland series so i don't think they hit any over the weekend right they have not hit a home run on this home stand no yeah so it's that oakland series i'm trying to think who it was or where it was um like in my mind, I was like, "Was it you know Zanino's uh, last time he had, he went deep?" But yeah, they're not hitting an, anything hard. Their last home run, by my calculations, was Gabriel Arias in the fourth inning off JP Sears at the Oakland game. We were sitting here doing our podcast as that happened. We we're both you know good for Gabriel Arias. It was a shot to center field. That was 63 innings ago for the Guardians was that last home run. So they have not hit a home run um, since their uh, – is that their three, four to three loss? They lost that night four to three because that was the game. Uh, Karen Check gave up in the, the ninth. They didn't go to extra innings, thankfully. So Wednesday, April 5th was – I'm sorry. Wednesday, Tuesday, April 4th was their last um, home run. And – I don't want everyone to think I'm sitting here saying, oh, gosh, the Guardians got to be a power-hitting team now, and if they don't hit home runs, they're not going to win, and that's all everybody wants to do is hit home runs. I'm not saying the Guardians need to be near the top of the leaderboards with home runs, but today was a warmer day. I know they were facing Garrett Cole, who's tough, but they also put a lot of balls in play against Garrett Cole. They didn't strike out a lot, but not really the point. I'm not saying you got to be top 10 in home runs, okay? I'm saying – You've got to be able to hit the big ones. You've got to be able to hit the timely ones. They could have used a home run in that first inning. You know, they scored two, but I don't think you can go 63 innings without, without hitting a home run and suggest that your offense is okay. Like, yes, they're, they're you know, they're six, seven and four or seven and five right now. Uh, you know, things are early, but man, just uh, like to be not, down with Detroit and Washington in terms of home runs is all I'm saying. But I mean, that's what they were a year ago. So at the same time, like, I, I don't know how much of a change Zanino and Bell were, you know, you're hoping to move you up, but I mean, they were second worst to Detroit and Detroit essentially 
um, probably wouldn't have struggled against triple-A teams. Like, Detroit's offense was putrid a year ago. Um, it was historically bad. Um, so I'm not surprised that it's that low, especially in the early goings when it's cold. Um, it's a little bit harder to, to get knock things out. I, um, uh, you know, it, time. It, yeah, it is. I mean, but who's going to hit? I mean, like I said, Quan, uh, he gets on base. He's not a launch angle guy. Ahmed will run into a few. We'll see Jose's Jose power. and Bell don't have one yet. Neither of them. I know, but yeah, Jose but Jose, you need home runs from Jose's thumb could still be affecting that. Like, even though he's 100% recovered, that sometimes a hand injury affects power for you know, well after a surgery that, you know, it, it can affect and change things. So, I mean, you're hoping for Bell, but Bell's got to make contact first and it's got to be contact that isn't like the weakest possible. It, it's, he's not, he, he's right now pressing it in his head. Oscar Gonzalez is, is a bit of a train wreck in the early going again. It's early. It's like, these are the guys you're expecting power from. Um, and those guys aren't performing. So like I said, even Naylor, who, if you go back and you listen to that Seattle series, he played well in that series. Since then, he has played pretty terribly. Um, he was, you know, the high man and uh, runs creative plus after that series up there was Zanino, one of like three guys, him and uh, Jimenez. Now he's, you know, he's, he's struggling to hit his weight, which again, to me, looks like it's up. Just leave that out there. Yeah. Get myself in trouble. All right. uh, can I also throw out one other thing before we move on? Can I also talk about how just in general, it's so annoying that the athletic did an article about the rocket Yankees and the changes to stolen bases. When the Yankees are facing Cleveland, the team leading the league in stolen bases, they did a whole profile. I don't know if you saw that they did. Ken Rosenthal did a whole profile on the New York Yankees and the base stealing prowess of the New York Yankees team. And the guardians have what? 19. Their first in steals in the league. Yes. Is that right? They're, they're, and they, yes. He, he had a second. No, no stolen bases tonight. They um, there was a, another article that was about the they mentioned Miles Straw and, and him being on pace for eighty. Um, no, that might have been Zach Meisel. That might have even been Rosenthal. But yeah, for you know, gotta love baseball. I, I think Anthony Volpe's already won the Rookie of the Year in spite of being the only Yankee who hasn't hit. There's still a big market bias in this sport to the nth degree, and uh, that just annoyed me a bit. So I wanted to vent on it. Um, uh, you know, one thing we didn't talk about before the show that we should definitely talk about today or tomorrow is the, you know, Saros tweet, if we have time. Yeah, we can get into that on on Wednesday for Thursday, uh, given that it's a day game. So Peyton Badfield's going to make his debut today, Wednesday. Um, finally, good, and good for Peyton. He's, uh, you know. He's came close a year up. ago. Yeah, he came close a year ago. He got to Toronto, but didn't get in the game uh, due to a COVID replacement. Um it's a north south north south profile, really, for Peyton. It's a, a fastball, you know, good ride, good life up in the zone. Ninety ninety three. He'll probably hit ninety four. Maybe he'll hit ninety five. It's going to be warm on Wednesday, so we'll see. He's got a cutter. He's got a slider. I think he had a hard time when he came to Cleveland deciding which of those was his best pitch. Um, he leaned on the cutter a little bit more, and then he went to the slider a little more. I like his curveball a little bit. I think his best secondary is also his changeup. I don't know if any of his secondaries really grayed out as anything above average. We're talking in the 2080 scouting scale here, so 50 is average. I, I really have a couple of 50s on his fastball and his changeup. The cutter, I think, is uh, is an above average pitch for him. I think he has a chance to have a to use that a lot. Uh, Shea Bieber used the cutter a lot on Monday against the Yankees. It did good. It's really, though, like a, a, a full... You're going to get us in trouble. I don't know if you saw that comment. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a full... Good. 
it's a full, uh, I don't know, it's kind of the kitchen sink approach for Peyton Battenfield. Like, he throws everything. The cutter's good. The fastball's kind of fringy, but it plays. He's got a decent curveball. The slider's been okay in the past. I don't think he'll miss many bats. He's always had fringe average command, so, like, above you know average control. I think you're looking for four innings for him. I mean, you want to make I, – I hope he gets through – I think he has better command than Hunter Gatt, especially of his fastball. And I think there's better pitch metrics on his fastball than Gaddis. So I think you're hoping he gets through four innings and the wheels don't fall off the second time to the or like they do with Gaddis. Uh, Morgan's rested. Everybody is available, I would say, tomorrow on Wednesday, except, except for Heron, Heron and, and Curry. Curry's unavailable. Yeah. But, you know, everybody else, you know, four from Battenfield, maybe one or two from Morgan. And then uh, you go from there with De Los Santos and Class A, Karen Check, and, and, uh, Sandlin, hopefully. Clark Schmidt, though, hasn't been fantastic. He has allowed seven runs in two outings. He is, um, you know, he has the sweeper. Like all the Yankees pitchers have that sweeper. They teach him cutter, sinker, curveball. Not really a changeup guy. Uh, you probably throw it to lefties. That's about it. And a lot of sliders, and they're pretty good. But if you can lay off the sweeper and hit anything else, that would be good. I don't know. He hasn't been great, so... This is, uh, I don't know, I hate to say on one game makes a big deal, but, you know, it's it's a game where the Cleveland should hit again. They haven't hit all this series. They've got five runs, but they have one win. But uh, It'd be nice to take the series from the Yankees. Yeah, I would. You play them again in the beginning of May, and that's it, I think. So, um, yeah, it's it's not a great pitching matchup tomorrow. I I, I don't want to say it's going to be a bullpen game because chances are it'll be a one nothing game the way we talk about it because it's baseball. You never know, but. Um, so you're not facing Garrett Cole again. That's for darn sure. So, yeah, that'd be I, interesting. I'm I'm hoping for good things for Peyton Bentley. He seems like a good kid. Yeah, I, you know when that deal happened, it looked like such a win because he was so great out of the gate. And then, uh, yeah. you know, it was it was a rough year for him last year. But it's nice to see anyone get their their shot. And I'm hoping that uh, you know he. I, of course, I'm hoping he'll play well. But it's again, it's just great to see him go out and and get that opportunity in the big leagues and uh you know it does feel like everyone's holding court until see logan allen is at what how many triple a starts now we should be having a count of this uh like 11 i don't think he had like nine now he has two so it's, so it's no he had 14 last year and two this year so he's at 16, 16 so yeah. logan the Logan, you know to go back to my original point logan allen is probably the guy to watch Beaver. Even that go ahead Bieber and Plesak. Now, Plesak was forced in a little bit more, but Bieber and Plesak didn't have a lot of AAA starts either. That was more forced in, but I don't know. We're quickly quickly approaching the forced in situation right now, as it were, but I I, I don't know. I hate to keep going back to this, but for for a saying, you know, these guys got to be ready, whatever whatever they're at, Allen and Bybee, whatever ready they're at, whatever level they're at, I can't just, think it's yeah. any better than the most ready Gaddis and Curry or Pilkington are going to be. No, and uh, Beaver for the record, eight starts and then came up in June. So you're kind of looking at something like that. I am, like I said, I think Logan Allen is the guy to watch. I'll just say that you know, with him having to be added, with him having last year, yeah. And we have a fun stat for tomorrow. I'm going to tease that. That uh, was what I talked about earlier on the show. So uh, kind of pointing to maybe him being more ready than Tanner Bybee potentially. Uh, if you're like, what, how can that be? You guys are the leader of that bandwagon. We'll make sure you tune in tomorrow to find out. Um, again, want to thank everyone from reading and reviewing, downloading. It helps. 
for commenting, even when the comments are quickly turning super negative. So uh, thank you to those who uh, aren't insulting us in the comments. Um, thank you to those who are commenting, even when you are insulting us. But uh, we appreciate all everyone does being part of the Lockdown Guardians team. Uh, may remember to do all your downloading, your liking, your subscribing. And again, tune in tomorrow to find out uh, more about Logan Allen, as well as uh, we'll have some comments and thoughts on the, the game. Hopefully Peyton uh, Battenfield blows us all away and blows the Yankees away. And uh, again, thank you. And go, go, Guardians, go.